we won't uh we won't hold on any longer. So we just jump into it. Second Peter chapter one and we'll start at uh verse seventeen is where we uh <clears throat> is where we left off. No, sorry, verse sixteen is where we left off. And it reads yeah. for for we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we were, I think we already read this, but that's okay. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father uh, when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him <clears throat> on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And that's first Peter. Sorry, second Peter chapter one. Uh, verses 16, 16 through 21. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's tired. This is uh, should maybe, maybe short and sweet, but then it may be long and drawn out. Uh, but from, from that first those first few verses, you know, I always like to talk about what stood out to me. And the thing that jumped out to me was, and we've discussed this before, Peter is the disclaiming or not disclaiming, but proclaiming that he witnessed this. He witnessed these things. So it's, <clears throat> he's not, he's not uh, going by uh, stories that, that, that he was told or that were conjured up. He's sharing with these, the, uh, the, the, the folks on the other end of this letter that he was a witness to these things. And um, what, what, what comes to my mind when I immediately hear that was that <clears throat> I'm following something I know. I'm following something that I am aware of. I am aware of this. This isn't, this is not something that's foreign. Somebody asked me a question <clears throat> or, or not asked me directly, but a question was, was, was uh, proposed a proposition. If, if would we still consider Christ to be what he is if we weren't raised in a Western culture, if if this if the stories wasn't already indoctrinated into our minds from you yay yay high 
to uh, to to where we are, or yay high to the point where we accepted Christ. Would would it would it still resonate the same way? And if we were raised in a Muslim country, and someone were to tell us about Jesus, would it would it resonate the same way? Obviously, we don't know, right? We don't know. But one thing I'm gathering from Peter, and the reason why I brought it up was because Peter is saying this wasn't this wasn't indoctrinated in me from a little boy up. I didn't I wasn't privy to 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 what I am uh, uh, now following. And, and when I say privy, it's not so much that he wasn't aware of the scriptures and 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 you know what I mean the prophecies from the scriptures being being uh coming to fruition. Not that, not that. No, it it's it's it wasn't seared in his mind to to be aware and, and looking out for some some messiah. It, he wasn't one of those people. He wasn't the one like like on the lookout. He witnessed this. He witnessed the Messiah right before his eyes on the mountain. He witnessed God say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. See, he, he, it wasn't something that somebody told him. He got to see it firsthand. God, the father, come out of some cloud yelling out, this is my son. He heard that voice. He heard the distinction in the voice. Maybe not at the time he knew what it what he actually said or what it what was actually spoken. Maybe not when he heard it, but he did hear it. And he did know it was directed at 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 Jesus while he was up there. He did see Jesus transfigured on the mountain. He saw him change into something else. Like, wait a minute. This ain't human no more. This this ain't flesh and blood no more. This this different. What? As a matter of fact, how, how how I know how Moses looked and ain't no pictures of him. How I know how Moses looking in, in in Elijah. How I know how they look. You know what I'm saying? Like like you don't put that into perspective, but when you think about it, like how did he know that was Moses? Did Jesus say, "Hey Moses, hey Elijah"? <laughs> I don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us that he did, but. What it does tell him is when Peter woke up, because, you know, he was asleep, he was asleep. But when he woke up and he saw Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus about his death, he was like, Moses, Elijah, Master, it's, it's good for us to be here. We're going to make a tabernacle, one for the, for the three of you, one for our Lord, one for you, Moses, one for you, Elijah. And then God came out of nowhere and was saying, hey, 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 this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Here you, you hear him, you listen to him. We ain't doing that mess that you talking about. You listen to what he got to say. We ain't got time to be listening to what you got to say. And I know God didn't say all of that. But in a nutshell, you listen to Jesus, right? <clears throat> but Peter witnessed all of that. He he was there. He 
he caught wind of it. But why am I even saying I'm, I'm bringing it up because what he's doing currently is telling the people, if you remember the, the verses above this verse 16, he was reminding them to be godly, reminding them. And in 16, he goes on to talk about how he was a witness to, <clears throat> to Jesus being talked to by God, the father. To, to acknowledge that he is truly, he is indeed truly the Messiah. And, and I'm not here to tell you some clearer story that, that of, of something that I, I don't know about, something that somebody passed along to me through through uh, old wives' fables that back in the day, you know, you have all these stories, these bed, not bedtime stories being told to me. I'm here to tell you that, no, this wasn't a bedtime story that we heard about. Well, this is something that I witnessed. This, I saw it for myself on the holy mountain. I saw this. So, so, so as I when I come to you to remind you of this, I'm telling you something that I know and I understand. So if I was raised as a Muslim or raised in a Muslim country, right? That's something that is indoctrinated in you. And so when somebody asked the question, would Jesus resonate the same way? Yeah. If I saw it, it would resonate the same way as it resonated with Peter, right? Because if if I were to see him for myself and gain the understanding of what it is that he does for myself, then absolutely it would resonate the same way. Not, And I'm not talking about it resonating in a way that us being religious, right, because that's what we get to. We like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is because because I'm gonna go to church and I'm gonna sing in the choir and da, da da da. No, no, it would resonate the same way as resonating with Peter. I would recognize that that he is truly the Messiah. Because one thing I noticed is people from foreign countries that are not possible partic particularly predominantly Christian. One thing I've come to notice is they have a they have a, a, a just from the outside, and Jesus tells warns us about measuring the outside and not the heart. But but they have a sincere worship. It's sincere. It's not like they are worshiping him because of what he's done for them directly. It's because they are aware that he's got. Like if you go to a foreign country, you see a lot of poor people. You see people that don't have anything. Like they can't be, they ain't worshiping God because they're so rich. You know, they got, they just got so many uh, articles of clothing. You know what I mean? They, their bank accounts are so, you know what I mean, lucrative. Like they're not worshiping because they have <clears throat> all of the finer things or because he's healed them uh, when they were sick. They're still broke. They're still in a situation where they don't know when they're going to eat again. Th th their houses doesn't have central air conditioning. In the summer, it's hot. In the winter, it's cold. But but when I've seen them worship, it's, it's as though they are acknowledging truly that God is God, and they aren't. And that, that's, that's the reality that I'm hearing from Peter when I hear him say, we, for we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses 
of his majesty. We witness this thing. We understand that he's God. We see that he's God. We witnessed when he was here living that he was God. And we witnessed his father attest to that he was God. He attested to it. And that's what I'm hearing. And, and, and that's what we're missing. Not in total, right? But in part, we are missing that part. And so Bridget and I, we went at church the other day <clears throat> and the um, the minister, she had a, spoke a message um, about the blueprint, the blueprint to, you know, get to the father, the blueprint for your purpose of being here, the blueprint. And the blueprint was <clears throat> God placed you here to be a witness one and to share the truth of what you've been a witness to with others. And the way to do that, simply put, was by obeying him. Obeying him. Because you can't say that you are a witness to something and then try to share that with others to say that we should be following this path, this 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 majesty, saying that we should follow the, this majesty and then not following this majesty in our actions, right? And, and she went on and she gave, you know, all of her hot points and, you know, uh, uh, her three points in her poem. But 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 the part that stood out to me from her message was merely, I can't say that I'm witnessing to something and I'm not obeying the entity that I am being a witness for. Otherwise, it's merely lip service. It's like I'm saying, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw. I saw. I saw that them, them run that red light. You did? Yeah, I saw. I saw. Oh, okay, so they should get a ticket. No, they shouldn't get a ticket. But I thought you said you saw them run the red light. I did. I saw them. But they, they shouldn't get a ticket, though. But why shouldn't they get a ticket? Didn't you say you saw them run the red light? Well, yeah, yeah, they they ran the red light, but there ain't nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with running a red light. It's like I witnessed a crime. I, I, I admit that I witnessed the crime, but then I tell the judge that that, that it's not a crime that I witnessed. It's like I'm retracting my statement with my actions. I'm retracting it. I, I can't say that I'm a witness to, to Christ. I'm actually not obeying the, 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 the one that I'm witnessing to. I, what merely am I doing? I'm merely worshiping him with my lips. I'm merely worshiping him in part. With 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 um, with proclamation, 
only because he says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. But then I'm confessing, right? But there's no, there's no follow through. But, 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 but when I'm listening to Peter beyond that, when I hear Peter make his declaration, when I hear him talk about not only is there uh, people that are witnessing, right? And he talks about the prophetic message uh, that we should pay attention to. And I love that in verse 19 where he says, as to a light shining in a dark place. Because when you are considering a light shining in a dark place, if you're in that dark place, and matter whether it is metaphorically or actually literally in a dark place and you see a shining light, you're trying to get out of this dark place by following that shining light. It reminds me of a story for uh, one of my coworkers. He always did uh, deep sea diving. And one day he said he, he and a crew of people uh, went into uh, like this little tunnel under the water. Like it was like a cave. So it was a hole. And he said when he got in the cave, it was so dark. You could feel it. You could feel the darkness. It reminded me of when uh, God sent darkness over to the land of Egypt. He said, they're going to be able to feel the darkness. Like, that, that's deep. That's when you are in such a dark place, physically, like, the darkness is surrounding you and you like trying to get out or get to some place where you are aware of what you know what I'm saying it's like so metaphorically it's even it it it, it is it resonates because metaphorically you're in a place you're so lost mentally you have no sense of direction which way should you go like I don't know if I should go right left forwards backwards in between right and left between left and right, you know what I mean? I have no sense of direction. I am totally at a sense of confusion. I am, I'm totally lost in, in imagining, right? Imagining, how can I get out of this? And you can't, you can't even imagine. You're just stuck, you're stuck. And, when, and, and I don't know about you, but when I'm in a position where I'm stuck and I, I feel hopeless, not just helpless, I feel hopeless, like, Ain't nothing I can do. And when you're hopeless, it's like, there's no reason to go on. I have no reason to go on. But then it's, but then at some flicker of light, some flicker of understanding, some flicker of, you know, meaning to the, to the madness. This is, this is why you are here. And this is what is trying to be manifested in your life. This is what is being revealed to you in your life for the reason these things are happening to you. And that little glimpse of understanding, it sort of piques your curiosity. Well, maybe let me research this a little bit more. Let me try to get a better understanding. And as your understanding, that makes sense, that understanding starts to clear up, then you start to feel like, oh, I have a more sense of direction. I have a better understanding of which way I should be going. I get it now. I see it's this way. It's this way. It's this way. It's not that way. It was not that way. It's this way. I need to keep, I need to keep learning. I need to keep gaining this understanding. I, can, I need to keep going in the direction of this, this light so that I can get out of this, 
this rut. And that's what light does, right? And he's saying prophetic messages are just that. It's a glimpse of a light above, right in the distance. But you see it and you're like, man, I'm not there, but let me let me get to it so that I can get out of this, this place of darkness that I am in because I'm currently feeling hopeless. It's like, it's, so prophetic messages are revealing hope. And Peter is sitting here discussing with <clears throat> the people that are on the other end of this letter that please take heed to prophetic messages. Please. Because they provide hope. They provide hope when the situation is dim, when it's, when it's dark. Pay attention to the messages so that you can have hope. Hope for what? Hope to get out of the dark place. And that dark place could be one or two things. It could be something physically dark or metaphorically dark. And metaphorically dark is typically where we are, right? We're usually in the metaphorically dark, in a place of confusion or, I don't know, feeling helpless, right? And and then, then hopeless. But then when you get that glimpse of the light, then you come out of that place of darkness and hopelessness regardless of the circumstance. Circumstance may be still bleak, right? May still be grim, you know what I mean? It, it could be, you could have lost a loved one. It could, you could, you could get gotten some news of some type of uh, illness that you are encountered or a loved one has encountered an illness. It could have been anything. You could have discovered that, that uh, you're bankrupt. All your money gone. Somebody took it. You made a bad investment. All of it's gone. And now you're like, Dad, I'm going to do this. I'm a family. I'm going to do this. I'm going to feed my family. I'm a, you know, and it's just this place, right? And it's like, man, so you start to feel hopeless. But then you hear this prophetic message that God is working something out for you. God is, God is truly working something into you. God is directing you. If you just follow that message, if you just follow that message, then you come out of that, that mind frame and then you go into the mind state of, God got me. So then why not continue to follow God since since he has me? I was reading Job, and I know I'm kind of rambling, but I'm not. All of this really fits together. Uh I was reading Job this week. I'm doing my Bible in 90 days again. And uh, so we just uh, got we're in Exodus, but we got out of Job a few days ago. And Job I'm just simply describing Job's situation. Where he lost his, his business, he lost his family, uh, and, and 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 in some senses is his his uh, <clears throat> notoriety in one day, and then sometime later he lost his health. We don't know how much later because I don't know if the scripture actually tells us in in the book of Job when the enemy came a second time because he came a second time. And God said, again, have you considered my servant Job? And uh, he's like, yeah, skin for skin, you know. You, you won't let me touch him. You won't let me. You won't let me get to his body where he's like actually having to feel helpless. He can still move around. He can still go have more children. You know what I mean? He can go get a job and get another business. Let's put him in a, in a state of limitation. And he'll surely curse you, God. So he did. We put his he put his body in a state of limitation where he he couldn't do anything physically. Um, 
it was it was what to say he had boils on his skin. Uh, it was it was fairly bad. I said we can we can turn over there. Um, fairly fairly bad. And on another day, right, Job two one. On another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, "Where have you come from?" And Satan asked the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And there is one who, there is no one on the earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still remains his integrity, still maintains his integrity. Though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin. Verse four, Satan replied. A man will give all he has for his own life. But now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, farewell then. He is in your hands, but you must not, but you must spare his life. Uh, so Satan went out from his, from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took peace took a piece of broken pottery and crap <clears throat> and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. Boils, boy, the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. And Satan made a, made a, made a, made a profession of people will do anything to save their own life. And in a lot of cases, yes, we will, right? Somebody's trying to take your life out of you. You're going to do whatever you have to do to prevent that from happening. You're going to do whatever you have to do to prevent that from happening. But the interesting thing about this was Job had the understanding and knowledge of what God was to him. He had the understanding and knowledge of Everything that he lost, even his health, he had the understanding and knowledge that it came from God. It came from God. So instead of turning against God and cursing God, he didn't. He continued to acknowledge that God was God, right? And that even in, even in the midst of being slayed, he was going to trust God. And it all sounds good. Right, it all sounds very well. It sounds so eloquent until we ourselves are in that situation. And when we ourselves are in that situation, how do we respond? Well, we may not curse God, but we're gonna curse some other people. <laughs> we're gonna curse some other people, you hear me? You know, they gonna get the they they gonna get it. <laughs> They gonna get it. They gonna get it. They gonna get it. Uh, and in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, we we may turn our back on God. We may look at God in the light of, well, you know what? Since since you, because this is this is merely all that Satan is trying to do. And I've been saying this now since we've been in in Peter, uh, the first and second epistle of Peter, that he's trying to detract you. He's a detractor. He's trying to detract you. He's trying to pull you away 
from God. And this, and this is in times of these times like this, it's, it's truly what we tend to do. We tend to turn our backs. We tend to see that God has allowed this situation to come upon us, and we look at it as though, you know what? What's the point? What is the point of me following God if God just going to continue to not do the things that are helpful to me? What's the point? Like you're telling me prophetically in this message of yours that 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 God is giving me purpose in life. Then why is God allowing all of these things like that are so bad to come upon me? When your boy Joe said this, when I'm blameless, I'm blameless in the earth. In, in chapter 25, it's so so uh, uh Amazing for me to listen to him and hear him. Let me turn over there, actually. <clears throat> that um, when he was discussing all the things that he did in life, like discussing how, um, I believe it was 25. It may have been, no, nah, it wasn't 25. Maybe it was 35. I can't remember. No, nah, it wasn't 35. Maybe it was 29. Let's go to 29. Yeah, so 29, it may be 32. But uh, he said, when I went out to the gate of the city and took my seat in the public square, the young men saw me and stepped aside and the old men rose to their feet. The chief men refrained from speaking and covered their mouths with their hands. The voices of the nobles were hushed and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouths. Whoever heard me spoke well of me. And those who saw me commended me because I rescued the poor who cried for help and the fatherless who had none to assist them. The one who was dying blessed me. I made the widow's heart sing. I put on righteousness as my clothing. Justice was my robe and my turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was the father to the needy. I took up the case of the stranger. And I can go on and on and on. This whole chapter, he's going, he's just going on and on about how people loved him, how he did the right thing. There was no fault in Job. And the amazing part was God said the same thing. But why is Job saying it? What point is Job making? But the point that Job was making, if you were wondering, he shouldn't be going through what he's going through based on what he's done in life. See, his friends were saying it was because of sin. And then Job was saying, no, God just, just does this to, to the people that are righteous. This is what he does to people that are righteous. To people that are blameless, this is what God does. What? But isn't that what we say? Like, no, we don't say that. Yeah, we do. We do. Because we start talking just like Joe when things come upon us. I pay my time every Sunday. I'm in church worship all week, sun up to sundown. I give to the needy. Matter of fact, just the other day, I gave out a big old lump sum of money to 
so-and-so and so-and-so. And I let them know, hey, this is because y'all need it. Every time I go to the store, I get an extra cup of clothes and I go and pass them out. I give out turkeys during Thanksgiving, during Christmas. I'm always out there, you know, giving the little homeless children clothes. And this happened to me. They stole all my money. Your money. Yes, my money. That's what we say. This happened on my watch. This happened because of, in spite of everything that I do. And then immediately, when all of this starts to come on you and compiles and compiles, then yeah, yeah, we, we, we tend to give God a bit of a shoulder. It's like, what do you mean you're a bit of a shoulder? Because our actions start to change. Well, I might as well not do these things. If, if, if he's going to treat Job, if he's going to treat the people that are unrighteous better than the people that are righteous, I might as well be unrighteous. I might as well give God lip service and don't follow him. I might as well be a hypocrite. Because the hypocritical people seem to be doing a whole lot better than the folks that are righteous. This is what we say. Not all of us, obviously, but some of us say these things. And this is exactly what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to pull you from looking at God as the supreme being, as the all in all. There is nothing greater. There is nothing better. There's nothing more righteous. There's nothing holy. There's no one who is uh, uh, prone to serve justice to, to all without partiality. No one. But the enemy is trying to get you to look at God as somebody that is unjust. That is a liar. That, that, does not, that does not treat people that are actually following him. He don't treat them well. He treats people that are that are unrighteous better than he does people that are righteous. This is what the enemy is trying to get poison our minds to see. But Peter is telling you, wow, that's this is so beautiful. Uh, and Peter, because <clears throat> in sixteen he said, "We did not follow cleverly devised stories." When we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Verse 16, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. What does that mean? That means we just thought that he was God. We just saw that he was God. And since that is the case, then... Verse 19, it'll do well for us to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. I said, pay attention to that, that he's God. So much so for, for the, the uh, amount of time that the day dawns and I come out of night, I come out of night. And, and 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 there's no more night in my mind thinking that <clears throat> God only punishes people that do that are doing right. We're the only ones that suffer, right? 
to that darkness. That's darkness, right? So that's removed from my mind. I should pay attention to God as being God. Merely that God is God. God is God. Jesus is Lord. I should pick merely that. You're Lord. You're Lord. You're Lord. When I'm in my situation, you're Lord. When this darkness trying to keep on my mind, you're Lord. When these temptations trying to lead me astray, you're Lord. When whatever, when money is gone, you're Lord. When health is, you're Lord. Right? When my children are, you're Lord. When my mom and dad are, you're Lord. This is what Peter is trying to tell us. God is Lord because he's Lord. He's Lord because he's Lord. And I should treat him like he's Lord because he's Lord. I should be obedient to him because he's Lord. Not because I did something for him and everything was good. And then since it ain't good no more, then I shouldn't do nothing for him anymore. No. No. I, <clears throat> Last point, I'm dense. Um, I was talking to Bridget. I was like, we don't, I said, it's, it's amazing how when things come upon us in life, how we look, tend to look at God with a side eye. I said, but look at it this way. If you bake a cake, and I thought it was like, if you bake a cake and you look at that cake after you get it all pretty and you're like, nah, I don't want it. And you smash the cake. Does anybody look at the cake and say, pole cake? Pole cake. Look what you did to that poor cake. That cake didn't do nothing to you. Nobody feels sorry for the cake. No, they made be mad at you because they didn't get to eat the cake. But nobody is going to feel sorry for the cake. Nobody is going to come to the cake's rescue and talk bad to you for smashing the cake. What was the cake? The cake was a creation of yours. Not really creation, right? But it was something that you made. It was something that you put together. It was yours. It was yours to do whatever to it that you wanted to do with it. And whatever you did to it, it was within your right and power to do just that to it. That's no different than God. It is with God's right to do to us whatever he wants to do to us because he's God and he made us for himself. It's, it's, nobody complains about all the cars that are junk. Nobody complains about junk cars. They go to the junkyard. They get sent to the junkyard. Yeah, we're done with it. You, you keep a car five, 10 years, and then it's like, oh, I don't want it anymore. You get rid of it. It's like nothing. Nobody, nobody talked about how the car was abandoned. You just abandoned the car. It's like a child of yours, and you're just like, ah, I don't want you anymore. I'm done with you. I used you enough. Nobody thinks of that. That looks at the car that way. But, but we look at ourselves that way. But guess what we don't look at ourselves as? We don't look at ourselves like cars. We don't look at ourselves like cake. We don't look at ourselves like things that was just created. No. No, not that. We said Oh no, I'm God. No, I'm God. No, you're not. You're cake. You're a car. You're a machine. You're a piece of clothing. 
that you don't wear anymore that's just in the closet that you don't give any attention to that's you you're that you're that thing you're that creation but god thinks more highly of you than you do those clothes in that closet he pays more attention to you than you do those clothes that have been in your closet for years you you don't even remember that you got it still got tags on it and then you're like oh but then you decide oh i'm gonna keep it and you just put it right back where it was and you don't give it any more attention until three years later when you're trying to find some space in your closet to put some more clothes that you ain't going away. But God treats us better than that, better than the things that we make. But we would never look at God and look at ourselves like an article of clothing. I'm not an article of clothing. To God, you are. You're an article of clothing. And he can do to you whatever he decides. There is no, there is no, I deserve, I don't deserve. There is only what God gives, he gives. What God takes, he takes. What God permits, he permits. What God doesn't permit, he doesn't permit. It's still the same. And if I respond more like an article of clothing or a cake or a car, and I just be in the role that he's placed me in, and allow him to be God, then all will be well with me. This is what Peter is saying. I will never feel like I'm in a dark place because one thing I will always be, I would, would always resonate with me is this. I'm God. No matter where I am, I'm still God. I'm still his. I still belong to him. He's still mine. I still possess him. He didn't go away. My health went away. We talked about this before, brother. My health, my things went away, but my God is still here. And what a joy. What a delight. That is. And that's all I have. That's all I have. That's good. That was good, Corey. But but remember, I think we touched on this last week a, a little bit. So we did. I am, I am that I am. Right. We did. We touched on this a little bit. We did. And that's our reality. Yep. That's supposed to be our reality. Mm -hmm. The light is done. Right. You're God. I'm not. <laughs> right. We got into a discussion yesterday, and somebody wanted to know about what was the order of the judgment, and mm -hmm. when did we get, th get thrown, when did post get thrown in the fire? Yeah. And my response to him was, we're in Christ. Yeah. Why, why you want to know all that? Right. We're in Christ. Yeah. If you're not in Christ and you're trying to figure out a way to get into Christ and all that, that's another issue. Right. You got mm -hmm. you got you got a more serious serious problem than, than just your understanding. Right. But my point, but my point is we <laughs> enter by confessing that he's Lord. When does he stop being Lord? Hey, Lord? We walk into that light. 
what changes? Everything around us, everything outside of us, and 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 all that stuff that that we stop and think about it, doesn't really deserve a reaction. No, it doesn't. Because he's still Lord. Lord. He's still Lord. The fact that he's Lord is why I'm saved. Not because of the stuff that's going on around me. Yeah. And somehow or another, when that becomes real in us and to us, that'll show. Yeah. See that, and 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 and, and, and what and what Peter said. I don't need all these credentials. I don't need. I I, I I'm not a scholar. Mm. I can't explain stuff to you, but I saw something on the mount. Right. <laughs> right. And Jesus came out as being Lord. Right. End of discussion. Yeah. I yeah. found him. Right. And 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 and, and we, we 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 try, try, try <laughs> to be religious yeah, we because do. we are surrounded by religious people. Mm. And we won't we won't cease and desist. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, you look at you look at Peter's writing, and, and to be honest, I'm always shocked by that he had that much to write. Right. <clears throat> right. And it's all so very simple. Yeah. He's Lord. Yeah. Why do you obey? He's Lord. Right. <laughs> you don't have to go through that. You don't have to go through this book to figure that out. Nope. Nope. You've stepped into the light. Yeah. And that's the reality that. Oh man, it's it's <clears throat> and we 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 want to assert ourselves. Mm -hmm. We wanna, I mean, we don't agree. Think about this, Corey. We don't agree that we we are exactly where God wants us to be. Right. <clears throat> we don't. And and if we're exactly where he wants us to be, why don't we jump up and down? About the fact that I'm in the spot that God wants me to be in. Praising God. Because I absolutely because I absolutely have no control. <clears throat> no. Everything I get, I receive. Yep. Yeah. And why am I responding as if I've got to say so? Yeah. <laughs> I could decide. No, yeah. like, like telling your parents when you live in right, 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 <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, no, like, 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 like folks are doing today. This right. is my room, right? My right. room, right? 
my video game. Right. 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 I mean, we won't come to the reality. And and you can take you can take any of the any of the patriarchs, Abraham, Moses, whoever. Yeah. God communicated to them what he wanted out of them. Mm -hmm. And they went about doing to the best of their ability what it was God was asking them, commanding them to do. They didn't spend a whole lot of time on why. They didn't spend a lot of time look, analyzing the results. They look for the next thing from God for them to obey. And we have a, we have a, we have a, I mean, we, we obey to the extent because we obey, obey to an extent because we're expecting something. Yeah. And we got everything we can get. God. God. I'm done. You excellent, excellent, excellent discussion, Corey. Excellent yeah. discussion. We we waste a lot of God's time. Yeah. We talk about being stewards and, and, and tithing and all that. We waste a lot of God's time. A lot of it. <laughs> with, with, with our foolishness. Yeah. We can't hear. We can't hear what he say. Mm -hmm. We're analyzing, figuring out, and deciding what our next maneuver gonna be. Mm -hmm. How are we gonna how are we gonna get him to do what we want him to do? Right. I mean it's wow. And that's a heck of a way. That's a heck of a way to live. Yeah. But now back to your remember when you first started, mm -hmm. you started talking out about <laughs> not having lived in our environment. Yeah. See, because we got some preconceived ideas and mm -hmm. thoughts about God that it takes God to get out of us. Yeah. Yeah. Folks meant well. Yeah. But they were idiots. Right. To say it bluntly. They were idiots, Corey. <laughs> and you got a whole history of men coming up with what they think. Yeah. And then everybody picking and choosing what men they're gonna follow. Mm -hmm. And God comes along and and he can't get some, he can't get nothing out of us age wise. Mm -hmm. Because we got all these we read we read <laughs> Job with preconceived ideas. We do. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, and and Peter's trying to shed light on the light on the thing. Yeah. Huh? When, yeah. when, 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 when you see the light, right? Follow it. Yeah. Follow it, dummy. Right. Right. You do well. You do well to follow. Right. You've gotten a glimpse. Yeah. Follow it. But 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 this whole thing about I am that I am, I'm not changing. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not changing. That's what I am. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I made you. Right. Just, just a little small something, but yeah. but I, I, I did make you. I did. I did. I made everything about you. Right. Everything. Every little intricate part. You didn't make the flower or the eggs. Or right. The you put it together. Right. <laughs> the you, didn't, you didn't you didn't make anything that you're displeased with. Exactly. That you got an opinion about. Right. <laughs> and when you express them, I mean you 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 attacking me. That's not wise. No. See, that, that's not wise. And somehow or another, the little bit of light that he allows us to have, evidently, we like the darkness. We won't follow the light. We won't yield to the light. Everything else does. But no, it's Peter. It Peter's approach is Peter's approach is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's sort of awesome yeah. when you think about it. It is. Yeah, it's yes, it is. Indeed, it is. Did Janetta go away? Mm -mm, she's there. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm still here, but I'm not sure how my Wi-Fi is. I'm still traveling. Oh, you're doing your Wi-Fi better than mine. <laughs> well, I might go out on that. <laughs> um, this has been amazing. Oh, man. To think of myself as an object, like a car. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I have Oh, man, like, 
Corey, did the witnesses coming out of you? Right. Right. Isn't that amazing? amazing. That the witness is coming out of you. Yeah. O only because you you're paying attention yeah. uh, to the light. To the light. You're aware of the darkness. Yep. But you're paying attention to the light. To the light. The goal is to not be in darkness. Right. And the light and the light comes out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Yeah, the light comes out. Let your light shine. Yep. I, I didn't know I had a light, Lord. Right, right, right. <laughs> I didn't know I had to say, Lord. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All you have to do is let me show you. There it Woo! is. Man. There it is. <laughs> yes, sir. Amazing. How do you put it? Uh, When we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus. Right, there it is. When we made known to you, and we didn't know. we weren't even aware of the fact that we were making it known to <laughs> no. you when we was making it known to you. Right. <sighs> we was just you being ain't even obedient. Know. We were just obeying. Just being obedient. <laughs> <laughs> And we don't have an inkling of what what the obedience manifests. Yeah. And how it's manifested. Mm -hmm. The bush might burn or the river might turn to blood. Yeah. Yeah. That's his business. That's his. Oh, yeah. See, that's his business. Yeah, and, and, and he doesn't need he or no he or nobody else needs our commentary. <clears throat> nope. Nope. How would they know unless I explain it to them? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Lori. <laughs> yes, sir. Where where you been? What you when? been doing? What you been doing all week? What you mean? What you been doing all week, other than your normal routines? Oh, I've been listening to the Bible. Huh? Ninety days, brother. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm uh, <clears throat> the funny part is I'm doing a three sixty five day as along in addition to the ninety day. Oh, okay. Guess what I've done? What you done? I put my devotion down. 
So you just listening now? I'm listening. There it is. There it is. I don't want to direct myself. Right. Just be a sponge. Yeah. Just be a sponge. I'm like the late. I'm like the lady that was trying to get her daughter healed. I'll take the scraps, Lord. There it is. There it is. Oh, the Bible app. Yeah, the same you version. The same you version. The old man voice. Oh yeah, the old man voice. Can you listen, Corey? Can you, can you listen across chapters? Uh uh, you talking about more than one at a time? <laughs> 